you see this on Instagram now, TikTok, like people do these memes, like you'll see like how many tablespoons of sugar in like one can of soda. It's crazy, but like, it's like three days worth of sugar for some people. Like you just shouldn't be consuming three of those a day kind of thing for the average unit. Welcome back to another episode of Aging Backward, Growing Forward. Today, we're going to talk about the very important bucket of nutrition. In our earlier episode, we discussed those four buckets that were so critical to your lifespan and your health span. The nutrition bucket has so much value if a little bit of effort is paid attention to the educational tools that I'm going to talk about today. We're going to start really high up around 30,000 feet and we'll drill down as far as we can without making this a long form podcast. The three macronutrients I want to talk about today are proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. I'll talk about protein first because I value that one the most, as should you. Protein does support your muscle mass. It supports your skin elasticity. Um, the sources of protein are usually lean meats, fish, and then also plant-based proteins. If you're going to be eating plant-based proteins, there is a little bit of math and science that has to happen there because generally they're almost always incomplete proteins. So you have to combine lots of things to get a complete protein that you would normally get completed in a meat, for instance. The next macronutrient bucket is fats. Fats provide energy, cellular support, do all kinds of really cool things, um, getting in the, 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 the real small details of science, uh, it, understanding how fats, and fats have been made the enemy, by the way, for many, many years. They're not um, good fats, There's, uh, or healthy fats, I, I'd like to say, have a lot of value. Um, fats come from avocados, they come from nuts, they come from olive oil. Uh, you got to be careful with certain types of fats, right? Your, your seed oils. Um, you know, you, unfortunately, it's really, really common. Um, and, and again, very important to read labels. We'll talk about that. But it's really common to see really bad oils in the foods, especially in quick fix restaurants. And when you're driving, I know it's you, you want to get a burger and you even think some of these places are healthy, um, you know, Chick-fil-A or forget about McDonald's and all those, we kind of all know what happens there, but you really have to understand um, the types of fats and oils. Uh, and again, I won't spend too much on this episode, but you, th there's a lot of research out there, very easy to find about good fats uh, versus bad fats and, and the information that's now available, readily available. The next group I want to talk about is carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are known for fuel. They, you know, there's also fiber. It's also good for gut health. There's different categories of carbohydrates. There's complex carbohydrates, there's fibrous carbohydrates. Um, you have your whole grains, you your pastas, your rices, your potatoes. And then of course you have your fruits and vegetables, which uh, fruits have you know high content of sugar, but it's fructose, so it's a good type of sugar. It's a good burning sugar. Um, and vegetables of course have uh, lots of value. Um, there is, a, in every one of the groups, there are good things and bad things, right? There's great sources of protein and there's not so great sources of protein. There's great sources of fat, there's not so great sources of fat. There's great source of carbohydrates and of course, not so great source of carbohydrates. So understanding and educating yourself on the macronutrients is just the beginning of your nutrition journey. You have to pay attention to what you put into your body because it's something you're doing every single day. You're eating every single day. So you need to spend a little time on planning. So when it comes to food, it's the quality of food is one thing, what we just talked about. And then there's the quantity of food, which also is really important. So if you're taking in your daily caloric intake through three meals a day, and, and, and again, arbitrary, it could be five meals a day, it could be two meals a day. Understanding the 
quality of those nutrients and then the quantity of those nutrients both have, I would say, almost equal value. Quantity of calories is probably going to, if you're looking to lose weight, quantity of calories is certainly going to be more impactful to your, to your goal. But if you're taking in a thousand calories, arbitrary number, and you ate donuts all day long, you could eat a thousand calories of donuts and then, and still essentially lose body weight because you might be burning 1500 calories a day, but you're not going to feel good because the quality of those calories are terrible. They're, they're, you know, they're sugar and they're going to burn really quick and you're going to bonk and you're going to feel like crap. So yeah, you may have, you hit a goal, but you really at, you, you've sacrificed your health for that particular goal and you're not going to feel great and you're not going to perform well. So understanding, you know, and there's no, people say, oh, you have to have balanced nutrition. Well, balanced nutrition is very different for all people. That's why I always recommend talking to a specialist here, a medical practitioner, someone who specializes in, in, in dietary sports, dietitians, or um, health coaches that specifically design programs based on people that have exercise, fitness, or health goals. Your medical practitioners may put you on a specific diet because of your, your health. You have high cholesterol or you have a very high A1C. One thing I will tell you that is very common throughout all of these things, no matter medicine, exercise, activity, whether some doctor tells you you need to eat this way for a reason, generally speaking, sugar carbohydrates are generally the worst thing to intake in any kind of bountiful amount. If you're taking in high quality carbohydrates, you know, different types of, you know, broccolis or, or certain types of fibrous carbohydrates. Um, if you're eating, you know, maybe a sweet potato, which is great on the glycemic index. If you don't know what the glycemic index is, please Google that. Um, that will also help guide you on your choices in carbohydrates. Um, those types of carbohydrates will make you feel better in certain quantities. You must understand that all carbohydrates will break down into glycogen you know, from glucose. It's, it's a chain. Like if you just it starts here as a carbohydrate and it's always going to break down. Your body's going to break it down to the most usable source of energy. If you're taking in too much sugar or too many carbohydrates that are in the sugar form, it's going to, it's going to mess with your blood work. It's also going to, it's going to mess with your body. Um, but, but if you take a blood test and you're taking in, you know, simplified sugars that are, you're not burning off because you're not, you're not active enough. Um, and you will hit very quickly if you put, and you'll see this, you'll see this on Instagram now, TikTok, like people do these memes, like you'll see like how many tablespoons of sugar in like one can of soda. It's crazy, but like, it's like three days worth of sugar for some people. Like you, you just shouldn't be consuming three of those a day kind of thing for the average human. Uh, but you also have to understand that if you're super, super active, yeah, you could tolerate more carbohydrates. But the one thing I will say that no matter what body type you are, what your goals are, reducing your sugar is generally a good idea because you're going to reduce your inflammation. You're going to reduce the opportunity and the chances that your body's going to store that uh, most people don't realize that when you take in a lot of sugar and uh, simplified carbohydrates, when you take in a lot of simple carbohydrates, it usually messes with your triglycerides. People think that your fats really do that, but actually sugar drives that number uh, really high if, you, if you're taking in too much sugar. So you have to understand each one of these buckets of macronutrients and how they work for you and for your goal. I will say my personal experience, when I cut carbohydrates and sugars out of my diet, it changed my blood lipid profile. It improved my cholesterol. Um, I certainly improved my triglycerides, as I just mentioned. Uh, I've also felt a lot better. I, I had less afternoon crash. I, I, I didn't have brain fog as much. So when I switched my energy source to fats, uh, it really helped me a lot. And it doesn't mean that you have to be like a ketogenic diet. That's a whole nother animal that we're not going to get into today. But 
um, just balancing it. I personally keep my total intake of carbohydrates to 35 grams or less per day. It's actually really hard to do when you think like, like there's incidental carbohydrates and lots of things that you consume. So um, you have to really manage that. Now, if I'm you know out to dinner or out for a weekend or to birthday and I want to have some dessert, that's fine. I'll just train a little extra to burn off what I know is going to be happening in my blood sugar. I got I to gotta get that out. So I'm going to help my body do it by activity. Just a walk can have a huge impact on your blood glucose level. So just be mindful of the carbohydrate macronutrient because that one is the one that can really be problematic and we have a tendency to overconsume. Most people can sit down and they'll have a giant bowl of pasta. You know, I grew up in an Italian family. That was like, you know, the thing, you, had, you know, big bowls of pasta, bread on the table. Uh, it's like 100 grams of carbohydrates every meal. It's not a great idea unless you're an incredible athlete that's, can, you know, training hours and hours a day and you're going to burn all that stuff off. Now that we talked about what to eat and your macronutrients, let's talk about how to eat. There's two different popular ways that most people use to consume their calories. One is time-restrictive eating, intermittent fasting, and also caloric-restrictive eating, which is reducing the amount of calories you're taking in a given period of time. We talked a little bit about this in the initial episode, but we'll go a little deeper here. Time-restrictive eating, intermittent fasting, is great for cellular repair, metabolic health, highly utilized in the anti-aging community, because what happens during that fasting period, the period where you're not eating 16 hours on a 16-8, again, remember 24-hour period, you're not eating for 16 hours, you're eating, quote unquote, the feeding window for eight hours. During that 16-hour fast period, your body is going to hopefully go into a, a process called autophagy. That's where it's getting rid of really bad stuff. It's like a self-cleansing process. There's a lot of benefits for this to happen. It also improves insulin sensitivity and has a great improvement on your A1C, usually for most people. Again, don't do any of these things without talking to your medical practitioner, of course. We always have to make that disclosure. But a lot of people that I know in the health and wellness community that have utilized intermittent fasting has been very effective, not only just for controlling their, their body composition, but also for controlling inflammation. The second method is caloric restricted eating. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You're going to restrict the amount of calories you take in a 24-hour period, and it could be over multiple hours. Maybe you're having multiple meals, and maybe you're not in an intermittent fasting type environment, and you're just eating you know, 10 or 12 hours a day, or you're waking hours, and you're having meals every three to four hours, but you're going to restrict the amount of the calories, the total amount of calories you consume. And the total amount of calories you're going to consume is going to be based on a very important number, your basal metabolic rate. Because a lot of people are going to ask, well, how do I know what, what my calories are? If I'm in a caloric restricted environment, how do I know how many to restrict by? What's my maximum amount of caloric intake? So your BMR, basal metabolic rate, is defined as the minimum number of calories required for basic functioning at rest. So let's talk about how to calculate your basal metabolic rate. There's a handful of ways to do this. You're going to Google the terms I'm about to tell you because some of them are like algebra formulas. So I want to make sure that you take the time to plug in the numbers and do the math to get that number for yourself. The most popular method is the Harris-Benedict equation, which you fill in the numbers based on what they give you for male and female, and you'll get a number. That number is, again, it's, it's a guideline. It's not going to be perfect. The indirect calimetry is a really good one. Um, it's when they're measuring oxygen consumption and carbon dioxide produced by individual at rest. And then there's the Miffin-St. Gior equation, which nowadays is believed to be even more accurate than the Harris-Benedict equation. But again, if you could try all three, wonderful, pick one, get that number. Once you know that basal metabolic rate or that amount of calories you need at rest, 
then you have an idea of how many calories to consume when you're doing nothing. Now, if you factor in exercise and you're going to do, you know, a 500 calorie workout or 800 calorie workout, that's going to create that caloric deficit in your day. So hypothetically, if your number is 2000 calories at rest and you've done 800 calories worth of exercise. So you've now done, if you consumed 2000 calories and you burnt 800, you're at that 800 calorie deficit, or you can consume a little more than 2000 calories and you shouldn't store body fat because you will have been burning all of the energy you consumed. So again, it's basic math. Once you know these numbers and you set them up, you keep a log, write everything down. I always tell people when you're first doing something, do it for three, four, five, even six weeks, give your body a chance to adapt and see what happens. But it's really important to understand your basal metabolic rate. It's very important to understand the types of calories you want to consume. Uh, a recommendation that many will give you in the health and fitness area is um, increasing protein. A lot of people ask how much protein should I consume? Uh, many that I've spoken with that are in the industry, nutrition, dietitians, medical people, they generally say one gram of protein per pound of body weight for exercisers. Sometimes it's 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight. You'll hear 0.8 to 1.2. That's the range you're going to hear when you ask this question. You're going to get a lot of different answers. But it seems like the people that have the best results putting on muscle mass, that's how much protein they're eating. And then when you ask about all the other, now factor that in to the equation we just talked about, how many calories is that equal? Then you'll say, okay, well, what's less for the other two macronutrient groups, fats and carbohydrates? My recommendation would be to limit carbohydrates because most people, they're just not your friend. They store quickly as body fat. They convert quickly rather. It, it, they don't do great things for your body unless you're expending all of them, unless you're expending all that glycogen that's stored. And most of us just, frankly, we just don't for the amount of carbohydrates we eat. When you start flipping over labels and reading how many grams of sugar are in things and how many overall carbohydrates are in the food you're eating, it, it's startling. So my recommendation is to minimize the amount of carbohydrates. Again, I usually keep my carbohydrate intake under 30 grams. It's amazing how quickly, even when you think you're going low carb or no carb, how quickly incidental carbs add up. Incidental carbs could be you're eating almonds or nuts or whatever, and, and there's a couple of grams of carbohydrates and all these things that you think you're consuming as maybe fats. So please pay attention to the labels. Be a label reader. When you're counting calories, you have to look at labels. You have to understand what a gram of this equals in calories. How many grams of protein equal how many calories and then use your basal metabolic number. So it's formulaic. So you have to do a little bit of homework. But again, as I said earlier in my first episode, you've got to take some time into yourself and, and do this. This is a one-time exercise that you just have to then kind of continue to just change and iterate, but you're not to redo it every single time. Once you get this down pat, you're just fixing it along the way. As your body is adapting, you're tweaking it. So the work is not as difficult as it is to get started. For most habits, as you know, getting started is the hardest part. So let's take this information, use it as just a basic map, know where you are on the map, right? Know where you want to be, where do you want to go? That means where's your goal? What do you want to do? And then make your plan accordingly. So I hope this information was helpful. I hope this information is useful. Um, take some action. The one thing that you do after every episode is I'll give you a little tidbit. Take some action. Do something toward it. Learn your numbers. I always ask people, do you know your numbers? Most people have no idea. They don't, they don't know their numbers. Know your numbers. And then as you're going through your days, your weeks, your months, you'll be able to adjust. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them below. 
Um, and if you're not following, click that follow button because we're going to continually drop episodes every week. And I look forward to sharing more information about health and wellness to help you improve your health span and your lifespan. <laughs>